Hey everybody, it's uh, Mr. Bevers here. I hope you're all having a wonderful day, and I just wanted you to know that I've always wanted to have a Planeswalker friend just like you. Hey, it's uh, SD Sharpie here. If you want to reach out and to me on Twitter, you can find me under SD underscore Sharpie, or I'm always lurking in the CMD Tower Discord. And I've always wanted to live in a multiverse with you. And hello, everyone. It's Mr. Combo number five here. You can always find me at Mr. Combo number five, all spelled out except for five on Twitter, uh, occasionally in the Discord. But of course, let's make the most of this beautiful board state. Because here in Mr. Bever's neighborhood, we're here to address that seasoning or salt in the room. Every episode, we're going to be addressing a top salty card from the wonderful EDH Rec salt community list and have our dear friend, Mr. Bevers, help us how to navigate the social constructs around it. So we will do this through the following. What makes this card so annoying and salt-inducing? Second, why do we personally, the panel, feel or react this way? And then, of course, in the good nature that he brings, how can we form habits that can change this way of reacting over the long haul? So, today we are talking, of course, uh, Sharpie wanted to talk about it, said he had a lot of experience with it. Uh, it would make sense because he usually plays decks that can make people salty. We are talking Winter Orb. Oh, man. Uh, so, Sharpie, why don't you tell us a little bit about this card before we get into the discussion? All right, so for a measly two colorless mana, you get an artifact that states as long as Winter Orb is untapped, players can't untap more than one land during their untap steps. You can pick up a price for about 10 bucks, and according to the EDH rec, it has a salt score of three. Notably, if you guys wanted to be bougie, you could get a, a alpha edition for $3,300. $3,300? That kind of seems like a steal, right, for an alpha card? Yeah. Jeez. Oh, gosh. Oh, and it's, uh, of course, worded incorrectly? Oh, no. Yeah, no, it's just the really weird old radi uh, wording. Mm, Players can untap only one land each during untapped phase. Creatures <laughs> and artifacts are untapped as normal. <laughs> All right. Well, before we get into the discussion, guys, uh, if you'd like to pick up your own proxy or playtest alpha version with some old text, be sure to head over to abyssproxyshop.com and be sure to use code CMD Tower for 10% off your order. Uh, plus, it gives a little uh, help back to the channel, so we continue to uh, bring on great guests and the content you like. But Sharpie, why do you think this card is so annoying or salt-inducing with other players and in other games that you've seen? I, I think, generally speaking, it's because most people don't understand how to play around it. That's that's in the sense of they don't actually physically know how to play a game with it and they don't know how to converse with their their players on how to play against it and hmm, that, that's, that's interesting yeah yeah um i i don't think i've ever thought about it like that um a lot of times i just i personally kind of think if it's an artifact it's a stacks card and it deals with your lands people just get pissed and it's it, it you know it could almost be a stacks card, but it's like, hey, at the beginning of your upkeep, you get that much floating mana to your tapped lands. People still would be upset by it. Um, so I, I think sometimes it just has, it has a lot of characteristics of other, um, we'll call them triggering cards. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the cards 
I, I will get to that later, but you know, that's usually what I see most people. It's like, oh my gosh, is it an artifact? You could cram it in every deck and then it's just frustrations. I mean, for me, I would say like, uh, at least my experience with the card is very limited. My experience, personal experience with the card is very limited. I haven't played against it. I haven't played with it really, but I have heard a lot of stories about it. Uh, and I think you're, I think you hit the head nail like right on the head, uh, Mr. Combo. And that is that like, you know, people, people see it as this card comes into play. Chances are the person who's playing it has a way to abuse its capabilities. Right. And so it kind of goes hand in hand with another deck that doesn't necessarily care about untapping their lands uh, every turn uh, because they have other means of making resources and or utilizing what they do have. Right. Um, and maybe your deck is not suited for that playstyle because you didn't build it around winter orb or this type of mechanic of not untapping things. Um, I think that's where most people probably get their salt from in this sense. And I think, uh, I think uh, Sharpie uh, definitely got this right on the right here as well as that people just don't know how to play around it. Right. Um, or how to handle it when it comes out um, in a proper fashion. So I'd like to throw this to Sharpie's, Sharpie's way because, Mr. Beverage, you, you made an interesting comment that I've never heard before. I think people get salty about it because they're like, oh, you're playing this card. You probably have a way to abuse it or abuse it, which I don't. Sharpie, I don't know your experience. I feel like most people I see Winter Orb don't actually know how to play with it, and they don't know actually how to use it in their own deck. They almost just put it in to put it in because it was like, oh, it's two and it's colorless and my deck kind of sucks. So I might as well make everyone else not have a good time. <laughs> like which which side do you think more of the spectrum is? Do you think people are just willy nilly putting it in decks? Their decks don't even want to abuse it like an Urza deck would. Or do you think people are strategically using this card? And that's really why people get frustrated. Uh, I, th I think you've got a point. I think a lot of people do just cram it into decks because it's kind of a boogeyman of the format. They know everyone's terrified of it. And like you said, they themselves don't know how to correctly use it. So then you, you sit down in these games where people are slamming Winter Orb out turn three and no one's doing anything for five or six turns. I think that's more of a common occurrence than running into someone who actually knows how to use the card. That would definitely increase the salt right at the table for sure. Right. Like having people jam like and this is why I said is like I don't have a lot of personal experience with it. Right. So I'm only hearing the horror stories from other people who have experienced play with it. Right. And most of the folks that I hear from don't don't say what you're talking about, which is, you know, people putting it in the deck and not knowing how it works and therefore, you know, essentially locking the game down for five or six extra turns before anyone can really do anything because you know, you just don't have the resources to keep the game going, right? No, yeah, that's that's totally fair. Uh, the, the one fun story I have about Winter Orb, not an actual game, but actually at Magic Fest Vegas, gosh, what was that? 2019, 18? Gosh, when was Magic? Yeah, I think it was 2018. Uh, I think it was summer. Uh, when we went, Mark Tiedon, the artist, was there. And he uh, had some artist proofs that he was selling. And I did get a Nev's disc that he altered for me. And I was actually going to get a winter orb and I can't remember, but I was going to do something so trolly on it just to tick people off on the fact that a, it's an artist proof B it's signed by Mark and C I had him specifically do art to just tick off everyone at the table. But he was like, yeah, I can only do one at a time and you have to get back in line. And I was like, Oh, I'm not going to wait in this line again. 
So uh, that that's my one winter orb uh, story. Oh, and of course, our friend Big Tuck will be upset if we do not tell the collective there are two gold border copies you can buy. There are, of course, of course that's Big Tuck's <laughs> point. Uh, All right, any any other thoughts, guys, around why we think the community gets so salty before we start to peel back the onion of each of our personal horror stories, experiences, or maybe joys. I think, right. we've co- I think we've covered it for for, the, <laughs> for why it's salty, right? I mean, we, we know why, and I think most of our listeners will probably know why it's a salty <laughs> card as well, right? I, I really hope we get that one comment on YouTube or a podcast or like you, uh, iTunes that's like, I had no idea why people were getting upset. <laughs> Thank you. This helped me. Right? Yeah. All right. Well, before we move on to the next section, um, if you would like to get more into this discussion, please feel free to join our great patron community, patreon.com slash cmdtower. Literally a buck a month goes a long way. You help increase our subscriber base, which is a big thing. It makes people think we're more important than we actually are. But the other cool things is you actually do get to get into our Discord with a lot of the lockdown channels. And you can talk with Sharpie. You can talk with Mr. Bevers. You can talk with myself and many of our great, great uh, community members. So just remember, patreon.com slash cmdtower. Now, let's get into this a little bit. Why we may personally feel this way, it's really because, and I'm conflicted, I think the reason I don't like it when people play this is because most of the people in my playgroup that have played it don't actually have a way to tap down Winter Orb, so that way they untap their stuff and they're progressing the game. It's really just they plop it down, and it's like, well, I had tapped out last turn. So let me do my bare minimum untap, pass. Next turn, bare minimum untap, pass. It it turns into this three, four turn like rotation clock of the table before anyone's able to deal with it. Or people are literally just putting off five turns. And I will say this, the turns go quick because everyone's just like, okay, uh, untap what I can, draw a card, can't do anything, pass. Like there's not a lot of humming and hoeing around, but it just, makes the game longer for literally zero reason. Um, I I run Winter Orb and a fair amount of decks, but they're also in decks like Kalia, where I'm, I don't need lands. I'm, I blow up lands in that deck. Let's cheat everything out with Kalia, because as soon as I have her, I'm gravy. Um, and I'm not worried about someone removing her, because I've just tapped down all your lands. It's going to take you a couple turns before you can use the most amazing removal spell ever, Murder. Uh, to get rid of my Kalia. Um, or it could be in something like my Geared of the Conclave deck. Just naturally, I'm populating and making tokens and progressing the game. So those situations, it sucks. And you might feel frustrated, or I might. But it's like, well, okay, well, Sharpie it did just smack someone for 12. And then the next rotation, he did hit someone for 16. They are progressing the game. It's just not immediate game over. Where And that's where I think a lot of times our expectation for these stacks, pieces, or lockdown, or extra turns, we just expect people to win on the spot. And not like, no, I can't win this turn, but I'll win in the next six turns. And yes, it'll go quicker because you guys can't do anything. So like that's the end of the spectrum that I like to live on and I'm okay with. But really, it's that other end where, cool, let's all just barely untap and I guess I can... Go drop the kids off at the pool, if you know what I mean, because I got lots of free time to kill. Yeah, um, 
I personally feel like this card is super fair and actually doesn't deserve a lot of the hate that it gets. <laughs> um, I think it's really good at making people play a fair game. It, it does really great at beating up on your, your green strategies, um, like your Gishaths and Galtas of the world. It, it, it slows them down and keeps them from tooth and nailing a, a Crater Hoof Behemoth and Avenger of Zendikar into play and killing everybody. And it actually isn't all that hard to play around, in my opinion. It, it the, uni- the 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 build around is pretty universal for what you need to actually get around Winter Orb. So I, I don't think it's near as salt inducing as people want to claim it is. For me, I I mean I like the story. Uh, I like to take this back. Let's take it back in Magic's history, right? Okay. When when this card first came out, back then the rule existed that if an artifact was tapped its abilities didn't take effect right that's why if you look at the old copies of winter orb uh you'll notice it doesn't say if it's untapped you can't do these things right Mm -hmm. it just says players can't that's because back then you could tap it to allow yourself to untap your things uh they then since printed that rule literally right on the card because that rule doesn't exist really for any other artifact if you think about it um, there's not really a lot of other artifacts where people want to turn it off by tapping it. Um, this was the probably the main one that was abused in that sense back in the day. So there was actually this weird period. I like to talk about this part because there's a weird period where the rule was removed, but the text on the card hadn't been updated. So it actually oh. made the old cards obsolete because they hadn't been errated. Hmm. Right. So it's just this weird little interesting pocket window. And it's actually one of my friends got out of the game around that time frame because he was like, oh, my winter orb deck is is ruined. (laughs) Uh, So he had like the icy manipulator winter orb deck back then, which was like, you know, and this was, you know, we're talking 60 card kitchen table decks, right? Yeah. Where you were using icy manipulator to tap and untap winter orb, right? To then basically screw the other players out of being able to play their cards. Uh, and and he got out of the game at that point because they ruined his favorite deck. And I was like, that's a really weird reason to get out of the game. But uh, but I mean, hey, it was like, what, 1996, 97, somewhere in sure. that range where that happened. So like, OK, fine. Right. Like, I mean, <laughs> he was only in the game for a few years before he quit. So it's not a huge deal. But um, sure. Just a very interesting little piece of, uh, I guess, magic history in that sense. Right. And maybe I have that completely bass ass backwards right who knows um but uh that's what i remember anyway and maybe i'm just old and senile who knows but uh i think that like if this was played against me in any capacity where i'm not ready for it and my opponent is it's gonna cause of course a little bit of ruffling of feathers right whether it's me or the other people in my pod um and i mean even in the way that you said mr combo like with with uh, your fair decks or the way that you think about using it. And you're like, Mm -hmm. I'm still advancing my board state and I'm still got a clock on the game, but I'm slowing you down substantially. I think that's what probably makes people salty about this is that they're watching you continue to do your things while they cannot do their things. And that is sort of where a lot of people get upset because they're like, now you're basically just preventing me from playing the game and I'm just watching you play solitaire. Um, and, And that does suck for a lot of folks, right? It absolutely does. Um, But like Sharpie says, there are definitely ways to play around this card. And there are so many things, right? That can be done. And, and we'll talk about that in the next part of this, of the show. But I think that, you know, I think that it doesn't necessarily deserve to be as high on the salt meter as it is. 
I think that it's up there specifically because of exactly what you both talked about. Um, and in fact, it may even be up as high as it is because people don't know how to use it, right? I mean, that's that's possibly why. So like, you come across an opponent who just is like jam- jams it on turn two with no plan, right? And you're like, why would you do this to us? <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> I don't understand. Like, I could definitely cause some, cause some hilarious moments, uh, but also moments where people are like, let's just shuffle up and play game two. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Right. Like this game's going to take three hours right at this point. So, yeah, there's definitely moments like that for sure. For me, I don't have any horror stories around Winter Orb myself. Right. Because, like I said, I don't have a lot of personal experience with it. Uh, I will say this. You you said um, someone jamming Winter Orb on turn two. Um, It is so bad to play Winter Orb on turn two. That is like the worst time to play it. Uh, it does absolutely nothing, and it just eats removal super quick. So if you are playing Winter Orb, wait till like turn four, turn five to actually get them. But yeah, yeah, well, that's yeah, my the- point, right? Yeah, <laughs> just like someone jamming on turn two without knowing what they're do- like, just like having to lock the game down, and you're like, "But well, why though? Like, why would you? Why would <laughs> why, you do why, this? Why? Why? Don't understand." Uh, go ahead, uh, Mr. Kong. Yeah, no, I was just gonna, the last thing I was going to say for me. Um, I really do just think it comes down to, and we'll get a lot more into this on how you play around it. Cause that's what I, I, cause I was getting frustrated when people would play it and not have a rhyme or reason for it. Uh, maybe in their head and their deck construction, they had a rhyme or reason. I mean, I play, Oh gosh, what's that? Uh, artifact that basically storm taxes you for every spell after the first, it's an uh, additional colorless. Sphere. Thank you. So I play Dampening Sphere in some decks uh, like my Rakdos Greven deck. But the reason is, is because that deck is so slow on its own. I'm kind of playing at sorcery speed. I lose to Storm deck. So it's like there's a strategy behind it. But I get it. People are like, man, that card sucks. Why are you doing that? And I'm like, oh, I get it. It's just like literally this deck I built. I kind of need you guys to slow the hell down or I can't play this deck. So it's like I I hear people and I try to understand it. And so that's just where it's like, okay, I'm going to assume they aren't a piece of trash and just doing this just to make my (laughs) night awful. So how can I work around it? And then once I kind of figured out that that's actually where I it became a lot more enjoyable. It's just like, oh, that's what you're going to play. Okay, I in my head, I know what my next three turns are going to be, but I'll be fine. Um, So that's the last thing I kind of wanted to say from my personal and with that, uh, before we move over to our final section, and yes, my voice cracked, uh, <laughs> and Mr. Beber can educate us on how we can do better with this card, we would love you guys to check out our amazing, amazing Etsy store. If you just go to Etsy.com, type in CMD Tower, you'll find our great store on there. And uh, a great patron and community member, Matt Nance, actually went ahead and did some professional shots of our merch for us. It looks a lot better than my janky photoshop iphone nonsense which by the way how come every photo on an iphone is in dot h-e-i-c format like what what happened to jpegs what what happened to like old school png files like i i had to take a picture on my iphone send it to myself to send to an etsy seller that i bought something from and it shows up as dot height or whatever it is and they're like oh sorry we don't recognize that format and it's like you son of a bitch being different for the sake of being different. Damn you, Steve Jobs. <laughs> <laughs> Proprietary Apple uh, photo. <laughs> Photos. Uh, yeah. 
All right. Well, Mr. Bevers, talk to us. You've never experienced it yourself, so you're kind of in a unique position. But you've just, you've heard the horror stories yourself. You've heard how I try to play it fair. You hear from Sharpie here how it's a totally fair and everyone should play it magic card. But how can we change our salty habits if people are playing it? And maybe they are playing it wrong. And, and maybe they don't have a strategy. I think I think there's two things to take away here, right? One is um, if you're going to play Winter Orb, please make sure that you're playing it responsibly in the sense of you do have a way to either utilize its ability, right, to advance your board state to a state where uh, you can end the game for the other players or uh, you're playing it, you know, later in the game, right? As Sharpie mentioned, uh, don't jam it on turn two or three basically you know you should be playing it on turn four or five at at the earliest um and if that's the case a lot of folks out there i mean let's be honest most commander decks now run what anywhere between six to ten mana rocks right in a deck those untap they're not lands right they make mana like there's so many ways to make resources even with a winter orb in play you know what I mean? And there's so many other ways to play around it. And I mean, there's also just tons of removal for it as well, right? I mean, like, wh what are you looking at? Like, maybe black as being the only color that has a hard time removing artifacts, right? At, at, at the best. So if you're playing mono black, maybe you're screwed now, right? <laughs> but like, if, but you know, like, if you have a Cabal Coffers out, that's the one land you untap. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> like whatever. Right. Like there's, there's so many options that you can do in every color um, that just kind of play around these things. Um, and to the point where, as, as I said before, like, I don't think it should be as high up in the salty meter. I absolutely understand where people come from in the aspect of, you know, you're taking my ability to utilize my resources that I've taken turns to build up and you're throwing them in the dumpster. Right. Like that is basically what Winter Orb does to people if they don't have a way to play around it. Um, but at the same time, be more reserved with what you play then. Right. Like if you only get to untap a land a turn, OK, untap a land. Don't play a one drop. Right. Don't play a two drop with the two mana that you now have because you untapped one land and put one into play. Right. Wait a turn. Wait a turn. Right. It, utilize, you know, what you have on the board to do other things without mana if you need to. Right. Maybe you need to wait until turn three or four after the winter orbs come into play to be able to use your removal spell to then now be able to untap all of your lands the next turn. Right. And sometimes you need to just have the patience, right, to get around those types of things. If you just get kind of flustered and upset about it, you get to a point where maybe you've got tunnel vision and you're as as the magic community likes to say, you're tilting at that point. Right. Um, and don't let that get don't let that blind you from the lines that you might have to be able to play around the orb itself. Right. So I, I do want Sharpie to go next, but I was, I was doing a little looking up. Uh, Cause I was just curious. The other, some of the other top cars, we're talking top five on the salty list. Vorinclex doesn't let you untap your lands. That's kind of in line with this. Uh, another one, static orb. You won't get into two permanents. But, Bevers, I thought you'd find this interesting because you were commenting about the artifacts back in the day. If they're tapped, they don't have any effects. Maybe this is the only one that was impacted by it. Static Orb, as early or as late as 1997, was still printed 
with players cannot untap more than two permanents during their untap phases, but then eradicated at least uh, by 2001 when they reprinted it to say with, if Static Orb is untapped, then they can't do it. So right. there was another card, but I think, you know, I think we're seeing correlations of the why this is so high on the salt meter. The effect is repetitively there. So that yeah. just tells you commander players do not want you effing with their permanents, brah. Well, I think I think it's uh, a effing with their resource management specifically, yeah. right? True. Like screw, screw with their other permanents all you like. <laughs> but as soon as you touch my mana base, oh, that's when we have problems, right? Like that's I think that's most commander players to be honest, right? Yeah. So to follow with something Mr. Beber said, um a good way to be less salty towards Winter Orb is learning play patterns. If you have someone in your play group that is constantly jamming Winter Orb every other game, uh, learn some of the stuff that some of the key stuff they do beforehand. Look for permanents that's going to give way to Winter Orbs. You have Tezzeret the Seeker that can tutor it up. Um, if they resolve a Smothering Tide, then you know they're playing Winter Orb. You can expect that pretty soon. Uh, Word of Invention, if they play that spell, counter it if you have a counter spell. It's going to get Winter Orb. And really watch everyone that's sitting at the table. If it's turn three, turn four, turn five, and everyone is tapping out for you know their land ramps or their commanders, and everyone is tapped out, you can expect that Winter Orb pretty soon after that. So if you can learn all that and learn not to tap out with everyone else and, and they resolve Winter Orb, then you'll have mana to either land a threat or play a removal spell. As far as uh, putting in the effort to play around it, just just like Mr. Bever said, you know, run run mana dorks, run mana rocks. Uh, Winter Orb is actually a bad card if you run all of those things. You actually have to rely on more stuff than just your your land ramp spells. Uh, put in those mana dorks, put in those mana rocks. They're, they're universal. Put in removal spell. Outside of black, you have a lot of options. And honestly, just be be more open with your pre and post game discussions. If you know someone's playing Winter Orb, tell them, "Hey, you know, you got another deck you can play. We don't we don't like playing against that." And if they say no, it's the only one they got, then just ask them not to play the Winter Orb if they draw it. And I guess if they refuse to do that, maybe don't play with them anymore, but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the here's here's what I learned, and I'm curious, Sharpie, if you've seen this in the play patterns that you've seen Winter Orb uh in the games. Most people, they get all upset but then what they do is as soon as they have enough stuff, enough lands untapped, they immediately cash out, even when Winter Orb's still on the battlefield. Yeah. And it's like, well, I got to advance my board state. And so, you know, they're maybe getting another creature on the battlefield or recasting their commander. And it's just like, no, what are you doing? And, and that's really where I learned it might be tempting to play a card from your hand because you finally have the mana to do it. But if you do that, you are now tapping down three lands, which is now tapping you out. Maybe you're at six. It's turn six or whatever. And now you're going to have to wait. Turn one, turn two, turn three. Okay, now it's turn nine and I got three lands back. Winter Orb's still out. Well, I wish I would have saved that mana a few turns ago. And now I could have casted, you know, the removal spell that I finally got. I got a casualty of war that could have gotten rid of it. So that's the biggest thing that I can encourage the community to do. And I know it sounds kind of shitty if we're being honest, because basically what I'm asking you to do is, hey, because someone else has, quote unquote, stymied your deck or fun or however you want to phrase it, 
I need you to be the bigger person and wait the turns and try to deal with it. Because that's essentially what you're doing. It's like if you're a kid in school and you go home and you're like, you know, mom, dad, parental guardian, I got bullied. And it's like, oh, okay, well, what'd you do? If they're all of a sudden like, I spit in their face and then I got suspended. It's like, well, what did that get you? Versus, well, you know, I told them I didn't really like it and then I tried to walk away. It's like, okay, that could have led to more productive, positive reactions, which that's the only thing I can say with, with Winter Orb. Wait, either you are going to find your removal spell, someone else is going to find the removal spell. There are so many board wipes out there. It's the same way as someone's like, well, crap, they got a hundred elf tokens. What do we do? It's just one person needs to draw a removal and everyone's fine. But it's when people panic and they just start investing their resources blindly. That's really where I think the salt kind of accumulates from game to game, player to player. And then that's how we get to Winter Orb being number two on the list. Because people are like, well, I'm going to play my deck. And they just don't think two turns ahead. They just wait. Yeah, completely agree with that. Someone in your pod is going to be running Culling Ritual. Like, we just know it, right? So, I mean, uh, you know, that gets rid of Winter Orb. So just wait. Yeah. Just wait for it. It's coming. Beast Within. Uh, everyone plays that card. <laughs> that too, right? Exactly. <laughs> Boom. There's, Generous gift. Uh, there's so many removal so spells. many. Right? There's just so many um, out there for it. And uh, I think I think that... It, the other thing here is that if you're not running enchantment or artifact interaction, you should be, right? Every deck should have some form of interaction to those permanent types in their deck. Uh, and if you're like, I don't like playing those things in my decks, okay, fine. Then be ready to be stymied by things like Winter Orb when they yeah, come yes. on the table. Um, because if you don't have the way to interact with it, it's not on your necessary it's not necessarily on your opponent to not run that card. Right. Um, and and like Sharpie said, you can have this discussion at the beginning of the game with those folks and be like, I don't like playing against Winter Orb. It creates too many unfun experiences. Have that conversation. Absolutely have that conversation. And if your opponent is not willing to hear you, then find another pod. Right. That's the easiest way. Right. Um, and, and so this is not saying that you have to run interaction for those types of things. It's saying you should. You should run interaction with those things. If you don't want to, that's still your choice. But then be prepared to go and find pods that are willing to be like, yeah, we don't run those types of stacksy things. So you don't have to worry about it. There's a pod for everybody. That's the easiest way of putting this, right? There's a pod for everybody out there, whether you want to play high powered, whether you want to play casual, whether you want to play chat chaos. There's so many pods, right? Uh, and people all have different opinions on what's a good pod and what isn't. Right. So you're always going to find your people if you go looking for them. Uh, something yeah, else. The, the uh, only thing I would oh, go ahead. Uh, I wanted to add on to what you were saying, uh, Mr. Combo, about people uh, tapping out as soon as they have a spell to resolve. Um, one thing you don't always actually need uh, the removal spell for Winter Orb if you can resolve a really, really good threat. I was playing a game against um, uh, a friend of the cast, Oob. And I cast one orb against him, and I had everyone uh, locked down. And he actually went to his instep and discarded a Grave Titan and then reanimated it on his next turn and proceeded to kill me for everyone. So <laughs> it's it's more so about picking and choosing what you want to cast instead of just casting anything that you got. So look for those big bombs that can finish a game or look for that, that removal spell. 
but that, that's all I wanted to say. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. I mean, player removal is the best form of removal. Um, but to kind of to what Mr. Bevers was talking about with like your deck construction and putting in removal to deal with certain threats. So I've actually been someone in my recent deck construction. I actually don't do tons of removal anymore, um, mainly because I just don't want to waste a card slot on it. If it doesn't fit my theme, I don't want to just put in the generic because now commander's been around or magic's been around so long. Like any color pairing, it's like, yeah, I got to put in these 20 cards or it doesn't even make sense to play this deck. And so I've just kind of gotten away from that. But what I do is when I walk up to the tables, my mindset, because this is just who I am, it's even though I'm not playing counter spells in blue or I'm not playing a bunch of board wipes in uh, white or black, I'm still going to kick your ass. I'm still going to come in here. It doesn't matter what you're playing. I think my deck is going to be able to do its thing and your decks won't be able to deal with it. So go into it with that mindset. Like if you have someone that's playing Winter Orb in your playgroup and it's a consistent pod and playgroup and they only have a handful of decks, like I know my playgroup as much as I'm the boogeyman and people get scared of me, they also do realize I got like 40 decks and, you know, yeah, a lot of them are, uh, you know, uh, nasty, but there, it's like a 50-50 shot on whether it's like jank, weird stuff I've brewed recently or something from yesteryear. But if you have someone with just a handful of decks, just be like, you know what? When they come sit down at the table, I'm bringing this deck. Because you know what? This deck is going to wreck them because I've been wrecked by them over and over and over. And it doesn't need to be this contentious uh, feud or uh, friendly war or anything like that. It doesn't need to be a brother's war. It just needs to be like, that that deck I can't deal with with my other four decks, but this one deck works perfectly against this. So am I kind of meta picking a little bit, but you only run Winter Orb, and so I kind of have to meta pick against it. And you know what? I would say eight out of ten players that are playing Winter Orb appropriately, if you're bringing a deck that kind of counters their deck, they're just going to say, hey, good for you. They're not going to get upset because that's the one thing that most non-casual players have the wrong reputation about is that all we want to do is win and if we don't win we get pissed off which there's some people that do that but a lot of times we just appreciate other cool gross stuff um so that's just a little of my two cents you don't have to do the removal you could be like me i'm just going to build this deck that my deck is going to do whatever the hell it wants to regardless of what you're going to do so play your winter war because i'm still going to kick your teeth yeah well Hopefully, our fellow members of the collective, you too have learned how to be a more joyful magic player when your opponent attempts to throw salt in the eye. Have a great night. See ya.